episode 62 of Beers, Business, and Balls presented by House Enterprise and brought to you by Anchor. Download the free Anchor app to listen to Beers, Business, and Balls and thousands of other podcasts today. I'm Jake and that's Will and we're in week two of the NFL season. It's really hard to believe that we're basically fully underway. Um, I mean, we'll talk about this at the end of the show, but we had some games that were just weird as shit this week. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a lot of flips of the switch. It's like we're, you know, the Saints thought they were a powerhouse. They got embarrassed by the um, the Panthers. Yeah. Chiefs Ravens was obviously a good game. Um, Raiders are surprising a lot of people. Uh, Browns are still good. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a. Uh, the first week was not a fluke, but the second second week provided some interesting interesting takes. I agree. Uh, how'd you do at the at the kiosks this week? If you don't mind me kiosks, asking, I did quite well. Um, okay. Shout out to Boston Sportsbook. Yeah, no, honestly, I mean, and it kind of ties in funny because our business section is going to be heavy into the business world behind sports gambling and the partnerships with teams and different leagues and stuff, but. I will say the Barstool Sportsbook, 10 out of 10. That user experience blows out, you know, the Rhode Island Sportsbook. It blows out other sites. I mean, it was just so user-friendly. It was super clean, super, you know, easy to navigate through. They had a lot of great promos, great stuff. And I mean, all in all, I think I did, I did better with college football than I did with NFL, but NFL wasn't a bad week. That's fair enough. And it's a good transition because obviously we don't have the Barstool Sportsbook up in our neck of the woods. You and I both hit the road this week. You in Pennsylvania, myself in DC, um, more gambling rights, I guess, but um, also good beer. So uh, you've got something that I did not recognize for our beer section today. I'll give you one from Virginia as well. So let's, let's do some mid-Atlantic beers. Mm-hmm. Some Mid-Atlantic beer. So mine's over in York, Pennsylvania. Uh, Collusion Tapworks. It's a small little microbrewery. I was at a wedding. The bride and groom loved um, this brewery. It's obviously local to where the wedding was, but it's a New England style IPA that had Simcoe and Citra hopped. Um, made with a lot of oats too, which I didn't really get a lot of taste of, but you know, for Pennsylvania, nailing down a New England IPA, I was very, very surprised. Um, I thought it was better than some IPAs that are in New England, uh, funny enough. But yeah, no, hot take on that. Hot take on that. It was definitely, it's called um, Zerian or um, yeah, Zerian Matrix. And they have a whole, you know, talking about like the, uh, the Greek gods and the, uh, the, um, philosophy behind the name and their their brewery you know the breweries out in Pennsylvania I will say are very what you expect from a microbrewery you know the rustic field very like like that true microbrewery small aspect but this one was uh surprisingly good so I'm going to give it a 425 out of five I mean like I said blew out the New England IPAs compared to some in Rhode Island and Massachusetts and Connecticut Right. That's the thing. It's like, and we've talked about it on the show before. It's like, you have these pockets of the world that make really good New England style IPAs. And you're just like, why? Right. Like, why are you doing this? And we love it. We're going to reap the benefits. Right. But it's, it's almost out of place that they can make a really good New England IPA. And, you know, the, the style 
is easy to do, I guess, you know, it's easy to replicate, but it just doesn't seem like it belongs. No, I know. I mean, it kind of puts everyone else on notice. It's like, you know, obviously, you know, with different breweries, it's like, you're going to have to expand your variety and new England IPAs are, you know, number one out of hundreds of different styles, right? It's like everyone craves those IPAs, but when, you know, mid Atlantic or Midwest or even West coast beer breweries start making better new England IPAs than new Englanders, that's going to be a, an issue. But, um, you know, we, we discussed this multiple times on the show. It's like craft brewery drinkers are, you have your snobs and you have your people that just go for the social aspect. So they're not really fighting for it. So I just looked up collusion tap works too. And it's, it's actually really cool. It's like, it's, more of a brew pub than anything but they just make their their own beer out of there which is awesome they had that little independent craft logo to themselves too so similar to an apinog yeah very yeah and it looks like they've got a pretty decent food selection as well they called a brew pub and bistro um you guys didn't have any you because obviously you guys weren't on site but there was no did they have any other collusion beers there no just that one they had a couple other um you know beers local but this one stood out the most yeah. Well, that's, it's pretty cool. I mean, the very, very unique and I wouldn't say unique, but like, you know, it's got that brick wall feel that you are just like, all right, I'm coming in here. And I know they're not fucking around, right. I know they're going to give me some good beer, whatever it is. So that's collusion tap works, York, Pennsylvania, pretty cool stuff. It's a hike though, as you know, but very much a hike kind of in the middle of nowhere, which is, it's interesting. How far out from Philly? A couple hours? About two. Not bad. Could be worse. Um, I will take you down to Star Hill Brewery. Um, so Star Hill is a pretty recognized name in the Virginia beer scene, which I figured out. But uh, I was over in Tyson's Corner, Virginia for a while. Um, and they opened this brand new rooftop I guess you can call it like think of Cisco in Boston, like the seaport area. If you put that on a roof and just serve craft beer out of there, that's what you get with uh, this Star Hill beer garden uh, in Tyson's corner. I thought it was a real cool environment. Um, they had a big screen kind of amphitheater going on where I was watching the Cowboys. Uh, I wish it were anyone but the Cowboys, but we make do. Um packed environment there were dogs everywhere and this is on the 11th floor of a skyscraper i was pretty amazed by it um and then the beer backed it up too uh had a new england ipa myself it was called ramble on um and you know i i really liked this one i've kind of similar comments to what you just said but um you know this is a very fruity beer um they use citra they use mosaic um i thought it was real hoppy and it held up with some of the stuff in new england um I'm trying to be more stringent on my IPA rankings because I want to give everything a four. So I'll give this a, a strong performance, three, seven, five. It's a great beer, um, but I feel like I have a bad habit of every time I have a good IPA, I'm like, oh, that's a four, definitely. And I have to scale it back a little bit if this is the line of work we're in. So I feel like that's a huge struggle. It's like you have an IPA, you really like it, you're in a cool place, maybe you've had a few of them, you're like, oh, that's four material, but if everything's four material, then I kind of think that decreases the value of a four, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm at the point where it's like, it's either, I don't even hand out fours, it's four, two, five, or three, seven, five and below, 
Yeah, that's a fair point because you have that graph on untap and it's just like, why did I give every beer a three, seven, five and a four? Like that yeah. just can't happen. I mean, I've been, I've been tossing some two, seven, fives, threes and three, two, fives out there. It's like, you feel bad, but it's like, yeah, no, the beer, it's some beer has just not been impressing me, but I was surprised to, uh, you know, see, you gave it a strong performing three, seven, five, because it has five locations. Yeah. You know, those breweries that start, you know, overproducing and getting themselves spread a little too thin. It's like, is that consistency still there? Right. And that was definitely like, I looked into it and like, eh, you know, maybe it's just going to be like some chain, but I was pretty impressed. They've got locations in Lynchburg, uh, Roanoke, all around Virginia. And they were just like, they must've just bit on the site and we're like, Oh, fuck it. We'll just start selling our beer up here. So I was pretty impressed. Um, certainly, you know, I'll, I'll go seek that beer out the next time I'm in DC. Um, you know, again, it's a non new England brewing company dominating the new England IPA game. So there you go. We uh, on watch on watch for the New Englanders. I know, yeah. This nice little theme here. Everybody's got to be on watch up here. Um, let's go into business now. Uh, great guest, by the way, this week. Uh, two guests, that is. We have the ladies from the Saturdays and Seltzers podcast. That's Kendra Middleton and Sarah Griffin. They'll be joining us for the ball segment, and we talk a lot of stuff with them. Um, gambling. Everybody knows about gambling. It was that taboo subject in sports that, you know, you can't really talk about, but everyone's kind of doing it past couple of years. You know, you'd have to be living under a rock to not know what's going on with sports betting and just the accessibility of money. You know, we opened the show talking about how we did it at the kiosk. Right. So you've got Michael Jordan hopping in now. Um, he has just increased his investment in a company called sport radar and it's going to be the special advisor to the company's board. So they're a sports gambling data company, and now they're up about 4% too. So the question is, you know, are we going to see these major people hopping in now? Because we've seen, you know, off the cuff, like, all right, the churning groups involved in a couple different things, you know, Joe Sy has backed a few um, gambling things, but I wonder when the point is that we're going to start seeing these big, huge names start to hop into sports betting. And Michael Jordan is making a step in that direction. The two things it's sports betting and it's crypto investments. That is what is, it's not the future anymore. It's, it's now, I mean, we're just, you know, before we hopped on talking about, you know, what we wanted to discuss today. And it's like, it's all over the place with sports gambling, ESPN seeking a $3 billion deal for sports books, rights and licensings. Um, Caesar sports books, you know, they're obviously very prominent in Las Vegas, um, but they're getting the rights of LSU athletics and the Fiesta bowl rights. They're also adding their own personal sports book inside a uh, chase field where the diamondbacks play. We've talked about Penn national gaming and bar and their, you know, quick expansion throughout the country. Um, FanDuel hopping in with the NBA and the Suns, And then of course, yeah. DraftKings. you know, they've been the, uh, the leader of daily fantasy for a very long time, but they have that new official partnership and the NFL is looking to expand even more doing stuff with bet MGM and points, bolt points, bet holdings. Um, you know, this is where the money is. And it's a, once these States start legalizing sports gambling, it's just going to be a huge market for individual sports teams, restaurants and bars, casinos, you name it. Well, and even, you know, I was at Audi Field in D.C. for the, the PLL championship this week. And, you know, walking around on the lower floor, 
there's all these advertisements that are like, all right, come back in a year and we're going to have the FanDuel Sportsbook up and running here. Like, that's nuts that you can go while you're watching a soccer game and be like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to go downstairs, put a live bet in and come back up. You know, that's nuts. But that's it's like, it's going to be like horse, you know, uh, horse races where you yeah. like the kiosk are right there and you have the tellers and everything. It's like, you know, I mean, sports books are, you know, having them mobile is so beneficial. It's like you can do that anywhere, but, you know, driving into that additional revenue right there is, is going to be major, major for these games. But that's, see, I do find it interesting when it comes to, you know, leagues and teams doing these partnerships and, you know, Michael Jordan as an owner as well. It's like, where does that fine line hit of like, okay, are we going to get like some Pete Rose shit where people are throwing games? Right. Yeah. That, that's, that's where it gets a little dicey. <laughs> you know, it's like you have your, you have, I mean, not to say Michael Jordan would ever do this. He seems like an, you know, a very, uh, of integral guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's the Michael Jordan. He's 23, but you know, Hornets come in as heavy favorites. Everyone's hammering the Hornets, hammering the Hornets at the, uh, you know, the sports book down in Charlotte. Yeah. And then they lose cool. the game. That's interesting. You know, yeah. maybe he's, let's say his cuts a hundred million. He's like, Hey boys, quick little two, three million bucks for each of you guys. That's going to save me a little bit more money. So that's where it gets a little tied up. I don't I mean chase field, the diamondbacks, anyone who's betting the diamondbacks is silly, but shame on you. Um, yeah. yeah. Shame on you. They suck, but you know, Oh, look at this exclusive prop bet of, I couldn't even tell you who's on the diamondbacks right now. Madison Bumgarner over under one hit. I don't know. Just like something like that. And it's like, oh, Madison Bumgarner, we're pulling you in the first inning. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Like, hey, meaningless game. I don't know. Right? And it, it opens that up. Um, yeah, just a picture of what everyone else is doing. I mean, you mentioned the Caesars Sportsbook out there. Um, you know, Barcel Sports is going to be doing the Arizona Bowl. You'd have to be silly to think that they're not going to do anything gambling-wise there. Uh, the Suns. And, and, you know, you look at some of the stocks. They've been pretty favorable in the short term at least i think the question is long-term uh, vulnerability but penn nationals up five percent in this past month caesars is up 17 that was um, a sneaky one that was a was. sneaky one and that's what you're seeing in entertainment right now um and hospitality in general i mean uh, madison square garden too was up for a bit this month as well um you have a lot of those like hospitality groups that you know oversee a bunch of stuff they're, they're doing pretty well which is why caesars i think is having a, a great month for sure I mean, year to date for Caesars is almost 50%. Yeah, they, they've been really great. Penn National Gaming obviously had its highs and lows, but I think the top, it tipped at 150 at one point. Yeah, makes sense. You know, and it's like whoever, I mean, $3 billion is a ton of money for ESPN and Disney. And it's like, you know, you have, you know, I, I hate to keep using that barstool and pen example, but they're the, the perfect mold for it. It's like, Penn National Gaming and the Barstool collaboration was a no-brainer because the marketing is right there. Yeah. You know, for them to pay or for a company to pay $3 billion just for the rights. I mean, yes, gambling is very lucrative, but the return on that's going to be, you know, quite some time. And I'm surprised ESPN just doesn't make one of their own. I agree. And maybe it, they probably will. Let's get real. You know, down the road, they, I 
would imagine this being talked about every major sports company. Like, you know, who's to say the streaming companies? Well, NBC's got that deal with DraftKings right now. Anything that is broadcast on NBC, you also have the DraftKings stuff, but you also have like, like why wouldn't Fox and ESPN and ABC want to do this stuff? That's like just free money. It's more people that engage with your, your content and your casts and all that. Right. It's, it's free. It's, 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 a new way to find revenue to keep these fans engaged. And when you have sports that are dwindling in interest for some, you know, that's, it's almost a no brainer. Mm-hmm. We didn't even touch upon Bali, Bali casino, which is obviously they, um, they're headquartered in Providence. They're the ones that own um, twin river casino, as well as other, I think they're, they have 14 other States uh, where they have, or 10 other States where they have casinos, 14 other States with, online sports betting and a horse track in Colorado. But I mean, they're actually down 7% for the year. Um, but they did just acquire those uh, streaming rights as well. Right. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. So buckle up. Um, gambling's not going away. I think the answer to the question that led us into this is yes, we are going to see major sports investors venture into this betting world because it's lucrative. Um, and in the short term, I mean, this is a huge short-term money grab for these guys. Um, I think the jury's out on whether the long-term benefits are there, but as where we're trending right now, I mean, it's, it's almost a no brainer to get involved uh, with that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that'll tie the bow on gambling. All right, let's go into our interview with the Saturdays and Seltzers girls. That is Sarah Griffin and Kendra Middleton. We had a great discussion with them uh, about um, how they got to be, quite honestly, just Twitter famous, I guess is the right word. Um, Sarah Griffin, over 26,000 on Twitter. Um, Kendra doing some great stuff with Nesson and a few other different places. Uh, we talk a lot about their podcast. We talk a lot about the PLL championship, which by the way, the chaos won 14, nine. So um, we recorded this before that. So we get to review everybody's takes and compare them to what actually happened. So let's dive into it. Here is Kendra Middleton and Sarah Griffin from Saturdays and Seltzers. All right, everybody with this this week, we have the host of the Saturday and Seltzer podcast, Sarah Griffin and Kendra Middleton. Uh, they're drinking away. They're laughing it up. We had Jackson make a special appearance, the star of the show, the dog, the best one. Bring him back. Bring him back. Get him in here. Get him in the mix. He's in his drinking t-shirt. I told you. <laughs> and we got Jackson Middleton, Saturday and Seltzer podcast. How is everyone doing tonight? We're just hanging out. You know, we just recorded our podcast as well. Um, we have some really exciting stuff this week. We are also previewing the PLL. We have our first giveaway. Yes. Um, probably some dogs barking. <laughs> there you go. Big week. Big week. I'm in a war cheetah print t-shirt. What what else could you want? <laughs> you guys got all the bases covered. You guys got everything going on. And we'll get into some PLL and everything you guys do on the show uh, in a little bit. But, you know, let's start it off, you know, in your own words and a couple short sentences, you know, who are Sarah Griffin and Kendra Middleton? Oh, you want to go first? No. Okay. All right. I'll go first. Um, I, I mean, do you want us together or us as individuals? Individuals. We'll start with the individuals. What and we'll... are the individuals that make the team? <laughs> okay. Okay. So um, my name is Kendra Middleton. I am originally from Jacksonville, Florida. I moved to California at a young age. I interned out there for a year with four pro sports teams. Um, got to cover a Stanley Cup playoff. 
um, Super Bowl 50, that kind of really solidified my career in sports for me. I also went to Auburn University for two years and worked at ESPN there. I was co-hosting a radio show and then moved to New Hampshire and graduated from UNH. I have been with Nesson for, God, I guess three years now. I've been ringside for Nesson doing college hockey. I have been courtside for ESPN at UMass Lowell with basketball, um, UNH football for a while now. Um, all Just like kind of all the things around covering sports on NBC Sports Boston, ESPN, um, and Nesson. Like I said, I host a late night show on Nesson as well called Dirty Water TV. Um, and I have a really cute dog. And that's <laughs> pretty much all you know about me, I guess. All right. Good on you for Lowell too, because that's a trek. I was just up there last night doing some soccer and I'm like, I got my car and I'm like, oh my God, this is an hour and a half back. Like nice, <laughs> but yeah, good place. Jacksonville is actually the largest city land-wise in the U.S. It takes like an hour to get to the grocery store. So driving, to, I mean, and I was in New Hampshire forever. So it's really not that far from Portsmouth, Durham, that sort of situation. But I, I love to drive. So um, it's kind of a pain in the ass, like parking in the city now. But it's, you know, it's worth it to me. I, I love my job. So now are you still in New Hampshire? Or are you in Boston? No, I'm in Boston now. I'm, I'm a What's that TikTok? It's like, I'm a motherfucking city girl. <laughs> oh, we got some city gals? Okay. Oh, man. All right. Sarah, so how, do you, how do you top that? <laughs> I had a very different route. <laughs> you know, it's like I went to, so I'm from Massachusetts. Um, I went to school at Bridgewater State. I went there for teaching, and I was in the education program, passed all the MTELs, whatever, got my teaching license up until junior year. I was like, well, I don't really think I like this that much. I had started my own like blog just to write about sports sophomore year, I think it was. And it kind of started to grow a little bigger come 2018 because I mainly wrote about baseball at the time. And obviously the Red Sox are really good. At the same time, I also, I've been shit posting on Twitter about the Red Sox since like 2013 maybe. And it randomly got traction in 2018, I think, just because they were good. And so then I started pushing out my blogs then. And from then, I was like, oh, I could actually make a living out of writing about this. So I dropped education. And since then, I've taken on a lot of different random roles over the years just to get writing experience. And now I'm writing, flash forwards now, I'm writing for Lacrosse Flash and Picture List. So kind of weird how life works but here we are <laughs> and talk about it I mean here we are I don't think either of you guys uh would have imagined hosting a podcast with each other let alone maybe at all so tell us about the inception you know how'd you guys meet how'd you come up with Saturdays and seltzers and you know how did we get to where we are now um so Sarah and I fell in love on Twitter <laughs> naturally um, a classic a match made in heaven it's a Gen Z love story <laughs> saw I don't remember what tweet it was but it was something that happened I guess like two and a half or three months ago and I saw Sarah telling someone to shut the fuck up on Twitter and I messaged her and I was like can we please I've been trying to start a podcast forever and can't find anyone to take it seriously and I think that you're amazing that was the first tweet of Sarah's I ever saw and I literally messaged her off that do you remember what it was for I don't even remember I saw her telling some celebrity or some athlete to shut the fuck up and I was like I'm sold I love this Wait, girl you celebrity. I was gonna say how often how often you uh you know telling people to fuck off on Twitter that often? 
Kendra's <laughs> pointing her finger. Oh, no, it's her. Forget it. Someone said something stupid. I was like, hey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> the, like, rare time that I get mad, I'm like, yeah, I'll stand up to them. Not like they ever fucking see it. <laughs> so I'm Did they at- respond or no? Oh, no. <laughs> so um, she was like, I've been trying to do this forever, too, and nobody will take it seriously. And I was like, all right, like, let's let's just do it. And um, I used to work for Barstool Sports, and we had, like, me and this other girl kind of came up with this idea together to have, like, a Friday beers, but for girls situation. And it just, our videographer never really took it off, and I secured all the domains for it. And this was I think in 2019 and I'd been sitting on them for two years nobody ever did anything with it it never went anywhere and so while we were like trying to come up with a name I was like you know I've owned this stuff for two years do you like this name do you like this idea and she was like that's awesome it's worked it's already done let's make it happen and um it just kind of turned into this like basic bitch sports <laughs> show while being hammered and it's kind of just very on brand and it worked out I think I think it's working out great yeah. <laughs> in a great time <laughs> I mean, you guys are killing it on the social media game. You have a couple episodes down the books. You also had your first guest, Matt, Matt Rambo. Um, kind of interested how you got into the lacrosse world. You know, what was your, what piqued your interest there? So that was, I forced it upon Kendra now, but it actually started off. I was doing some freelance work at the beginning of the summer for a newspaper. And they asked me because I lived really close to Gillette. Um, the first opening weekend of the PLL obviously was at Gillette. And they're like, oh, like, do you mind going just checking out the games like writing some recaps or whatever just so we have like some local sports like news that's not just like high school sports whatever I was like yeah sure and I went I was like wait this is actually really cool like I really enjoy this and obviously local newspapers don't really care about professional lacrosse so they're like yeah you you don't need to write more but I'm like you know what I'm gonna force my way into lacrosse world and I've done that since and now I've dragged Kendra into and it's working out pretty well I'd say (laughs) yeah I was gonna say like I wasn't really into lacrosse but wasn't not into lacrosse on purpose it's not that it wasn't something that interests me it's just that I feel like it's way bigger up here than it is down south yeah it just it wasn't a thing growing up and I really come to enjoy it now but after our interview with Matt Rambo I am kind of like I'm not I'm no longer like dipping my toes into the water I am like plunging in the deep end like cannonball I'm I'm in like we're doing we we're all in yeah we we're doing a giveaway with the PLL um our first ever giveaway so go listen to our episode this weekend to figure out how to enter our giveaway and we are going to be doing like an Instagram live situation for the championship game this Sunday Nice. Very cool that's, stuff. that's really cool. And honestly, we had some stuff like queued up on, on your backgrounds and stuff. We're just going to say, screw all that till later. Cause now we're talking about lacrosse, right? We, um, you know, this has been a wild year for the PLL and like you guys, I think, you know, for Will and I, it's been, um, it's been like, all right, we're baseball guys, right? Grew up rooting for the Yankees. And now it's like, all right, this PLL thing is for real, right? This is some good stuff. So let's talk about it. First of all, are you, are you guys both going to be down there this weekend or any of you guys? Nope, we're both here this weekend. So we're, oh. I know I was there for Philly and obviously I saw you when I was in Albany, but yeah. we're both here and we're going to do the Instagram live kind of as compensation for the people. <laughs> hey. Yeah, that's, that's good enough. Hey, you, you make do with what you can, but so for full disclosure, we're going to run this episode next week okay. um, after the PLL championship is over. So 
let's uh hopefully you don't old takes expose yourself i was gonna say we are we we interviewed the guy from old takes exposed yeah uh we Fred have Eagles a friend yeah a we friend have him on speed dial we won't post the clips if uh you pick wrong but uh you know everything's open in the podcast world but, but let's do it we've got the number five whip snakes the number six chaos the whip snakes are the overwhelming favorite are they gonna become the patriots of the pll who knows but Let's throw it out there. What, what's the expectations for Sunday? I think we both are going whip snakes. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that there's any way, like, you can sort of deny them at this point. It, it'd be like if Tom Brady, like you said, made it to Super Bowl with the Patriots and you rooted against him. It doesn't matter who he's playing. I feel like if you have that sort of dynasty set up, it's hard to root against the dynasty. Yeah, like I think Blaze Rudin is fantastic, and I think he has a very good chance at winning MVP. However, I would not bet against Matt Rambo and Zed Williams when they're playing on the same field. That is just not something I think is in anyone's best interest. I'm a little offended you omitted my friend Juicy J. Carlson. Love that, dude. He had a great game a couple weeks ago. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. And then, you know, I'm, I'm in the booth and I, I, he scores a goal. I say, you know, it's a whip snakes goal by Jay Carlson. And this, uh, the girl that's spotting behind me, she's like, you know, they call him Juicy Jay. I'm like, now that's all I'm thinking about. That's amazing. Okay, so I put Sarah on the spot earlier. So I'm going to do the same with you guys now. If you're going to put our bold takes out, I'm going to ask for yours as well. Um, I need a score prediction and an MVP prediction. Oh, Jesus. You want to do score? I'll do MVP. Yes, yeah, score. I'm just looking at the lines right now. Over under 23 and a half. Whip snakes by a goal and a half. I will go whip snakes 24. No, that's over under 12. Oh, total? Yes. <laughs> Disregard. All right, we'll go whip snakes 14, chaos 9. Okay. On our 16 14 or 14, I said 14 12. 12. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the a lot of people are saying it's going to be a two goal thing. And I, I don't know. I, as much as I want to believe in the chaos, like I like the 14 9. Like, I really do. Um, I don't know. MVP, are we going like championship week MVP or the like the season MVP? Championship week, like game MVP. Yep. Oh, the game MVP. Zed Williams. That's who I said. Yep. Zed, Zed Williams and I mean you can say Rambo I feel like that's a cop-out but Zed scored like did he score four goals again this last week I think he did yeah and he was getting cocky too like never yeah. well who are the last two MVPs for the last two MVPs in the what in the, oh, in the like championship oh in the championship last year and Rambo's the MVP the year before <laughs> yeah yeah there you go I mean it's like I don't know. The whip snakes are so hateable now. And it's, it's kind of fun. Like that's what makes this sport sexy. It's like, all right. You know, you look through the, if you guys remember what the PLL did when they put on Instagram, like, all right, it's whip snakes chaos matchup is set. And all the top comments are like, this league sucks. Like everyone, like the, this is, this makes it so bad for the sport. Like that's hilarious because obviously they're trolling. Like they don't actually, and they might actually believe it, but like, that's not how people feel, which is beyond hilarious. Yeah. Well, I was going to say it's the same thing as like the Bucks playing the fucking Chiefs again this year. Like this, people will say the same thing. You know what I mean? It's like, no matter what it is, someone's always going to be upset, but 
I remember when I picked a team, it was the same way. I don't know if you guys listened to this episode, but Sarah, I made Sarah pick a soccer team because she said she'd get into soccer if I got into lacrosse. <laughs> and I had no idea when I did this that the Whip Snakes had this sort of dynasty in the works. I was just like, you know what? If I pick the Whip Snakes, there's unlimited penis jokes available. <laughs> So that's how I became a Whips fan. And now I'm like, yeah, everybody suck it. Like my team's great. And I had no idea. I didn't even know a player. I was just like, mm, penis jokes, I'm sold. So are you guys Whip Snakes fans technically or what? Like what's the deal? I'm a Cannons fan. I'm a okay, Cannons. That's fair. I get it. I was going to say the penis jokes were uh, pretty on brand because what did you ask Matt Rambo the other day? Um, okay, so I asked him how big his stick was, and his answer was 40 inches. And I said, okay, so size, size matters. matters. Size absolutely matters. So you know what? No one can ever tell me otherwise because Matt Rambo told me size matters, therefore size matters. Slap it on a t-shirt. There it is. And that's the interview. Slap it on a t-shirt. Thanks for coming on. Take care, guys. Um. <laughs> no, but it's fun, though, because it's like, you know, everyone bitches about the leagues like the NFL and the MLB saying, let the players have fun, let everyone do like have fun and stuff. And now the PLL is doing that. And then people are like, oh, that's just too, you know, too outlandish, too like off brand and that stuff. And it's like, pick one side, you know, pick one or the other. Like the PLL is doing a great job entering into like the sports world. Obviously it's not a major network. It's not a major sport, but it's like, they're having fun with it. You have part of my take hopping on with the water dogs, you know, hyping them up and it's like they're building something that like people can be excited about and there's always going to be the haters being like oh calm down yeah i yeah, know i feel like the pll right now like they're in what their third season and especially now with the paul rabel retirement i'm like he is going to be even more involved and invested than he ever was before so i feel like we're just seeing the start of it now and considering already the popularity they've been able to gain from it all i don't i'm like even just like another three years from now, who knows where they're going to be. I think it's going to be really fun to watch. And right. I think it is on brand that it is fun. I think that lacrosse players are fun and they know how to make fun of themselves and it is new. So it's not, it's not as regulated. It's not as yeah. controlled. It's not as, you know, big in media. So I think that you are allowed to have these bold takes and these bold personalities and all of like that sort of thing. And you know what? I think that it's great that people like us, you know, you guys included, are getting into this early because it kind of gives us a leg up here. And you know what? Like we're we're getting that traction early. We're getting those fans early. We're getting all of that sort of ball rolling, which I think is awesome because this is going to be huge in the future. Think how far this, and you know what? I'm a new fan. I'm a new person in this world. But it's like, think how far this has come just since I've become a fan, you know? Like, I, I just like the summer. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's not a better time to be in on the PLL, to be a PLL fan, and to be a writer, broadcaster, podcaster in the PLL. So I think that there, there's allowed to be personalities, not only as athletes here, but personalities as writers, podcasters, bloggers, all of those sorts of things. And I think that that's phenomenal that the PLL is allowing that to happen. We can probably take like three hours and just talk about the brand and, and what they've been able to do too. I mean, you have a guy like RJ Kaminsky, who is like universally, whenever he walks past people in the stands, they go, RJ, autograph, autograph. Oh my God. You know, throwing free shit away into the stands all the time. Um, but I mean, it's small stuff like that, that, you know, the PLL has excelled at. Um, we, we obviously, the big news of the PLL this week, Paul Rabel, the goat of goats, Hanging up the cleats for now. We think he might come back like tomorrow and be like, just psych guys. I'm actually suiting up for the chaos. Um, but 
that caps off like a really weird year of retirements. You have Kyle Harrison, the longtime uh, lacrosse player. He dips. Um, you got Joel White and Joey Galloway that both retired too. So in a way, I feel like, you know, that's almost a passing of the torch too. It's like, all right, the vets came in, did their thing, and now they're going to pass it down to the younger guys. What's to make of this news about Rabel this week for you guys? There was, so I, obviously I work for Lacrosse Flash now, and they were talking about in our group message, we were like, who is the new face of lacrosse? You know, like Paul Rabel, like when people think, like Kendra was saying on our podcast earlier, like, before she even got into lacrosse, the one lacrosse player she knew, like, Paul Rabel. Everyone knows him. Like, he's made himself the face of lacrosse. You know, he's very active on social media. And, like, he grows the sport, like, single-handedly by himself. And now you have all these young guys, like, young talent coming in. It's like, who's going to be the new face of uh, lacrosse? But there's so many talented guys that it could be, like, anyone. Like, Lyle Thompson, Grant, like – any Maybe of them. even Zed Williams, you know, like I, yeah, I, yeah, asked, I asked Matt Rambo on our podcast, you know, I, I think that Sarah and I really have like a niche sort of situation here where she has so much knowledge about one thing and that being lacrosse and, and baseball too, and me with football that we've kind of established this interview style where when it's lacrosse, I ask her questions and when it's <laughs> football, she can ask me questions. And I, and we kind of, you know, in that interview, she asked sort of the, you know, breaking down sort of questions. And I asked, you know, more of the funny, like chill <laughs> questions. And I asked Matt, I was like, you know, who would you let your daughter date on your team? And not let oh, your daughter. yeah. And he said, I would absolutely let Zed date my daughter. Wow. You know what? Like speaking of all these personalities allowed to be in the PLL and kind of them branding themselves, as much as there's, you know, this like, lacrosse player stigma name you know douchebag whatever <laughs> I think that I don't think I could pick a better person to be the face of my sport other than him and I, I just I don't I think that he's an, a name that you could absolutely toss into that conversation absolutely. as well yeah you look at guys like and, and you know we're and talking about the new face of the sport I mean you mentioned a few like Grant Amen definitely one that sticks out I think Miles Jones on the Redwoods definitely sticks out oh. as well um and I mean how about possibly the MVP, right? Blaze Reardon is going to take right over. Like I have announced to crowds before, never that big in Philadelphia, but when, you know, we're reading the starting lineups, Blaze Reardon's name comes around. You hear the crowd, Sarah, you heard this. They cheered like very loudly. You thought you were at like a football game. So a guy like that, you know, that goalie, uh, I guess, squadron in the PLL, you know, they, they have a pretty appealing case for that kind of stuff. I would say, and Blaze Rudin also has it going for him that in the NLL, he's not even a goalie. He's yeah. on offense. Like, he has that dual threat going for him. Like, Nuts. It's absolutely insane. Higher sport lacrosse, like, that's a very good point, actually. He could be the face just based off of that alone. And the marketability. Think of all the weed jokes you could make. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's incredible. It's definitely the all-name teams. I remember, you know, Barstool and a bunch of other different blogs used to be like, all name, all team are uh, all name lacrosse teams from like college players. Yeah. A couple of Brian guys they got had, up there. Um, Gunner, it was um, yeah. Gunner Walt was from Brian, and then a couple years ago, yeah, a couple years ago they had Viper Shield too, <laughs> and that was like unquestionably the best lacrosse name I've ever seen. We were recording two or three weeks ago. I don't remember. Was it before Philly? Yes, it was before Philly. It was before Philly, and I was like talking about how every lacrosse guy either has a basic name like Chris, Mike, Ryan, whatever. And I was like, and then you have names like 
I don't know, writer. And she was like, are you talking about so-and-so? And I was like, no, I pulled that out of my ass. <laughs> Ryder Garnsey. <laughs> no, nope, yeah. that's just a random like, oh yeah, it's you know whose name I really like is Mike Chanachuk, too. That's like an awesome name. Well, awesome sports name. Look, there are so many just like stereotypical lacrosse names, and I didn't even think until Kendra pointed out. I was like, Ryder Garnsey, definitely a lacrosse name. Yes. <laughs> so you guys are at the forefront of lacrosse. You know, you're making this is like a big push for your podcast, and you already had Matt Rambo on the show. Taking out Paul Rabel, obviously, and anybody and everyone would love to have him on the show. Is there anybody else in particular that you're like, oh, this will be a future guest or we'd like to have as a future guest? You'd be a great guest. Yeah, I think, I, I think we sort of talked about after the championship game, potentially having someone on from the winning team next week. Yeah. And I don't know, I think an MVP or so, as long as it's not Matt Rambo, I mean, obviously <laughs> we would love to have him on again. We love Matt Rambo. Like, we, we love him to death. We actually like have like an entire segment. We like joke about Matt today. Like he's amazing. It's just, I think that we want to switch it up a little bit. So as long as it's not him. Yeah, I was maybe like, Brad Smith seems like a very funny guy. I would love to have Brad Can Smith. I but then again, you're talking about all these lacrosse names, and then you have like Matt Dunn and Brad Smith on the defense. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is that? That's what I said. I said Matt, Ryan, Chris, and then like Blazing Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Phipps. <laughs> all these random dudes. <laughs> so outside of lacrosse, though. What were, you know, I love to hear more about like the podcast and, you know, you touched upon like that inception and stuff and you're talking about your, you know, sports interests, but what other guests would you love to have? Like, you know, whether it's a, a list of people or just people you're like, you know, when we started this, I wanted so-and-so. Yeah, I think, I think I have a good answer to this. I don't know about you. As a predominantly, you know, sports podcast um, that is hosted by two women, I would love to have more women in sports, more yes. announcers, more people like that on our podcast, because I don't think we have a very loud voice in this industry. And the voice that we do have is very hushed at times or very monitored at times, or you can't say this, you can't say this, you can't be this. Um, and I think that that's an issue. And I would love to sort of change that narrative of women in sports and, and give them a place to have a voice and a personality. You know, we talked about like the, the PLL allows us to swear and ask Matt Rambo the questions that we have. And I think that there should be like this end of a stigma around how women should behave in sports. Um, so I would love to have someone like Mina Kimes. She is my ultimate end all be all, you know, want to have as a guest on our show because I think that she was kind of, you know, there's back to like the TikTok thing, you know, it's like the mama said that it was okay <laughs> thing. And, and that's so true because Mina was kind of that first, you know, she was loud and boisterous on Twitter. She's funny. She's edgy. She's just, she kind of pushes the buttons in the way that she knows how to do at ESPN. And I think that if she weren't at ESPN, if she were at somewhere like Barstool, she would push those buttons even more. So I think for me, that would be my answer. I don't know if you have a different one. I would say my answer is along the same lines of women in sports. I would love to have Sarah Sivon. You know, mm -hmm. she's an athletic writer for the Hurricanes. And I think maybe just my bias because, oh, like she's another writer or whatever. But I think she's so funny. You know, she's not afraid to stand up for herself. Um, she is amazing writer I read all her stuff she's probably the only reason I'm subscribed to the athletic at this point I don't really care about the park I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> the 
great stuff. And her Twitter's hilarious. You know, she has no problem standing her ground. I'm like, I wish I could be more like that. Like that's someone I like definitely look up to in the industry. And I would love to have her on. We'll definitely have to connect them with uh, Jess Kleinschmidt. Yeah. Jess Klein. Yeah. Yeah. So she is. uh, Jess is the shit. Yeah. She's she's uh, awesome. One of a very short list of recurring guests on this podcast. And she, um, Twitter. I'm such a fan of her. I say I love her. She's the nicest and so good at what she does. And so good at what you know, she we, does. We, the, one of the first conversations we had with her, we're like, all right, you know, listen, we're two white male dudes, like in sports, like, <laughs> like what's, you know, like it's easy for us to say, like, oh, you know, like what, how is it being a woman in sports and all this stuff? But like, you know, for our for our conversation, it was really good. Of like, you know, Jess was talking about like very candidly, like I like we're not at the point in society yet where I can just do the shit that I want to because I can, right? Um, like, you know, she was talking about stuff like, you know, if I want to show up, look like, you know, in a stadium and look really good, like I'm, I'm just going to fucking do it, right? Like all that kind of stuff. So really good conversation with her. Um, hey, feel free to go back and listen. It's, it's a great conversation, but yeah, she's, uh, she's dope and we need a lot more people like her in our industry, I think. And she's also just good at what she does too. That, that really helps. Um, yeah, she's uh, her her reporting's excellent and all that stuff. Um, you know, we definitely want to talk about you know that being said, how you guys got into doing what you're doing now. Um, Kendra, you started off hockey. You know, that was a big part of what you were doing. You know, and doing a little research, dug up that you were uh, the go-to girl basically at Auburn for club hockey over there. So, what got you into hockey to start? You know, how did that develop over your career? And uh, tell us about your hockey journey. Um, so I grew up a Bolts fan, um, and I, you know, I didn't really grow up in a huge hockey household. My brother played being one college football, that whole situation. So I grew up really in like a football household. And then when I got my internship, so I was with the Oakland A's, the Raiders, the Warriors, and the Sharks. And the Sharks played in a Stanley Cup against the Penguins while I was out there. And I, I'd been into hockey, you know, that whole situation. Um, but that was really what sold me on hockey. I think that, like, when you cover a Stanley Cup, there's, I mean, the Stanley Cup playoffs are the best playoffs in sports. In, and it's not even in my opinion. I'm just going to throw that out there. Just it's a fact. Um, there, there's people who fucking hate hockey, and they watch the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know what I mean? And they can't say that about another sport. Um, and then when I got to Auburn, I, obviously, you know, you don't know your roommates when you move in freshman year, that whole thing. I moved in with a girl who's from Tampa. And I walked into our house for the first time. And we had a Tyler Johnson fathead in our window. Um, and I was like, all right, this girl and I, you know, whatever. And so she wound up wanting to work for the Auburn hockey team. And you know what? SEC hockey is absolutely a joke, right? You know, like it's, it's D3 club. Um, and I wound up being the vice president of Auburn hockey hostesses. So I was their photographer, videographer, social media girl, um, you know, penalty box opener, <laughs> music player, all like any it's other- a classic, like, all right, we have to put you somewhere, but we don't have the press space for you. So you're going to be opening the penalty box doors. Yeah. I was Auburn hockey's bitch for two years. <laughs> <laughs> got to win eight and had all of this hockey experience, hockey knowledge, whatever. And so wound up um, being a ringside reporter there and then got my job at ringside in that small. I was probably going to be doing some stuff like ringside for the bean pop before the pandemic hit, which is obviously like anyone's dream. And I'm hoping, you know, obviously with my job currently being ringside courtside sideline, 
um, and the Delta variant flaring up how it is, my job's going to be the first to go because I am, you know, this close to athletes, ringside, courtside, sideline. A lot of these colleges don't have the budget for me to be, you know, Malika Andrews at the NBA <laughs> championship game with like the mic this far or whatever. So um, we'll see how that goes this season. I, that's, but that's how I got into hockey. I'm hoping to be back on the, the ringside reporting situation on this, this upcoming hockey season um but if not i will be the biggest fan that i can be from afar and i'm really rooting for unhi always but i've really kind of come to build a relationship with a lot of the players at lowell and a lot of the production crew at lowell so i'm rooting for them as well um i'll probably if that doesn't work out be doing a lot of hockey east um you know reporting from home or podcasting or sort of that sort of situation but we'll see how that evolves right on right i mean Hell of a hell of an entry to the sport. And I mean, uh, such an incredible background too. I mean, you covered all different bases, which is uh, pretty, pretty cool. And then Sarah, you started in the baseball coverage. I mean, I remember seeing you on Twitter as a Yankees fan being like, are you fucking kidding me? These, these Boston Red Sox fans, like, God damn it. But all of them, yeah, all of them. but you are, you are a great follow, but uh, you know, how did you get into that? Hey, I want to, you know, you mentioned it briefly, you were in that education realm and you're like, this is not for me. What was that like aha moment where you're like, baseball is what, what I want to do? Yeah. So I actually, when I went to Bridgewater, I was like, oh, I have an interest in sports. I like to write. I was a history major. So I was doing a lot of writing, but it was never anything that I was like very interested in. So again, I kind of just started my blog, like on the side, just as something to like do in my free time, whatever. And I was an intern with the athletics department there. So like I would cover like D3 baseball games, like whatever, like write write-ups of that. Like nothing exciting. I did some of the club lacrosse games. <laughs> Hell yeah. Funny looking back now, but yeah. So then come junior year, it was as I was kind of noticing my Twitter was on the rise, like just for baseball content. Like I didn't know there was like such things like baseball Twitter, Red Sox Twitter, whatever. And all of a sudden I started getting followers before that. I was just kind of tweeting out to the void. Like it was just people I went to high school and college with. I'd be like, shut up. No one, no one cares about baseball as much as you do that you're like live tweeting this game in April, you know, in like <laughs> 2016. Like no one cared. <laughs> I literally started to gain followers again, just because I think because the Red Sox were so good in 2018. I was like, hey, like, I have this blog that only my mom reads, basically. What if I started publishing that to these people? Like, they're interested in baseball. Like, maybe they'll start reading it. And sure enough, all of a sudden, I went from having, like, set. I'm not kidding you, I'd have, like, seven views. I'm like, this is good. This is a good one. <laughs> this was a good read to, like, 300. And for me, I was like, oh, my God. Like, people are actually reading this. And over time, I just kind of started getting traction to the point where I finally did get my first, like, someone was like, hey, would you like to work for our website? And it was actually, coincidentally, a hockey website. And I mainly just did um, Bruins coverage. And that kind of led me into my first job in sports, which was with the Providence Bruins. But yeah, since then, it was, I really owe it all, I guess, to baseball Twitter, which is funny to think about. But that is what it all leads back to. <laughs> And then for lacrosse, you know, it's still, I think it's still your pinned tweet as of a, at least a couple of days ago, but it's, you know, basically telling the world, Hey, you know, I'm pivoting my coverage of lacrosse. If you don't have a, or if you have a problem with it, sorry. Um, what, what was the rationale there too? <laughs> what was the rationale? Was it like, 
you know, hey, this just is exciting. Is it a, a good time to be here? Or is it more like, all right, you know, yeah, just what, what's the rationale there? It was not an easy decision. I've been toying with it for about two months now, but it kind of was basically, I feel like with lacrosse, like it's a lot easier to put your foot in the door and something that's still growing and still new. And also it's just been so enjoyable and exciting for me. Whereas with baseball, I feel like it's reached a point where it almost kind of felt like a chore to me. Like I love writing a picture list. Like I love everyone there, but it got to the point I was watching games. I'm just like, this like, isn't fun anymore. Like I'm not that into it. And the other thing with baseball is you guys know, like so many people want to be a baseball writer. Like there's everyone going for the same thing. Like you could write a game recap and there's going to be 500 more people doing the same thing. And it's really hard to kind of differentiate yourself. Whereas with lacrosse, there's only so many people in lacrosse media and everyone in the PLL has been so supportive. Like they're like, yeah, like let's get your work out there. Let's get it seen. You know, they want people to get involved and they want new fans. So I feel like it's been a lot easier for me to get my work seen and it's just been a lot more fun. And I feel like at the end of the day, that's kind of, it sounds stupid, but I'm like, I just want to do something that I enjoy and I love. And, and you feel appreciated. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm like, I'm like genuinely enjoying what I'm doing. Like, this is fun and I love it. So yeah, I feel like it's really hard to feel appreciated in a workplace. And a lot of times there's not that recognition or, hey, we appreciate you yeah. or the work you're doing or X, Y, Z. And I mean, Sarah, for our podcast, is always dealing with the PLL, but I've never for one moment felt like, even though it's Sarah's thing and it started with Sarah and I'm just kind of like this person who's getting involved through Sarah, it's, it's never been like a, hey, like we don't appreciate you or what you guys are doing. It's always like, here's the tools to do it better and yeah. get you guys and our brand out there at the same time. It's always been like a mutually beneficial everything. And I think that that's so huge and hard to find. Yeah, no, they've been so supportive and it's just like crazy to see, especially like coming from someone that's been trying to get to baseball now for so long. It's just like, you constantly feel like you're at the bottom, like trying and like chipping away. Whereas the PLL, that's another great thing I think about their whole brand and their whole league is they genuinely appreciate fans and media coverage to the point where they're like, yes, like here, like Kendra said, here are the tools you need. Like, please do or say whatever you want. Like we want you a part of this. And I think that's really nice. That's why it was not an easy decision, but I'm happy with my decision. So Sarah, who's your favorite PLL writer? That's not you. <laughs> You're my favorite PLL writer. There you go. That's a trick question. Yep. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's. <laughs> How about I tell you? My, I'll give you mine, and you see. So I love the work Joe Keegan's been doing. Love it. Um, Joe Keegan's amazing. Like everything he does, he is so smart. Him and Jake, I'm like amazed. <laughs> yeah, Jake knows his stuff too, and, and it's like you know, I, I'm very new to this. I didn't start rooting for the, or, you know, or keeping up with the PLL until I started working for the PLL. So it's like, you know, I, I'm just amazed at the content these creators keep putting out. Yeah, no, I think my favorite, and this is definitely biased because now I've like met her and become better friends with her. Katie McNulty, she works as a freelancer for the PL, does amazing work. And I know she told me she worked for the MLL and she's like, just worked for the PL has been so much better, like so much more enjoyable. Like, again, she was saying the same thing. She's like, you tell they really care. And she's someone I always read all her work because she knows what she's talking about. And I'm like, I want to be like this. And 
I don't know. I think her work is fantastic. So I'm going to go with Katie. (laughs) All good stuff. Now in the world of content, it's like, what is next for your podcast or your brands as, as a whole? Um, that's a really, really good question. Um, we were talking about this earlier. We're kind of just hoping, you know, we, we've said this on the podcast before. We are so, so, so blessed and so lucky for how this has taken off. I mean, if you would have asked me when this started, if we'd have almost 2000 Twitter followers (laughs) in less than six weeks of hosting a podcast, I would have laughed or 500 followers on Instagram or the interaction in the list, the listens that we had this last week was, I think even better than our Matt Rambo episode. Yeah, which uh, that, that was by far going to be our top, but no, the last week we've had insane, even um, on SoundCloud. I think even like a, <laughs> it's unreal. I think we're getting close to like having a comma in our listens. Yes. It's, oh my God. It's, it's unreal. And I never, ever would have expected this. We were talking earlier, we've had a sponsor almost every, every episode. Um, so I think next for us, like we have um, a collaboration coming up with potentially getting out some baseball t-shirts with um, a bigger brand in baseball, working on like a women's line with them that's predominantly for girls, just because that's not something that's like really out there yet. Um, I think what's next for us, like we said, is just trying to get more women involved with our podcast. (laughs) Definitely. Like we want to have female guests, female voices. We want to highlight those women and those voices and really just get like the recognition that the women deserve who are working in sports and it's be normalized that girls can like sports and it doesn't have to be weird or hot, that they like it or (laughs) it be fetishized for any reason. Um, So I think that that's the goal for us. And also in the next year, I would love, not that I don't love my job now, I just would love to pour my heart and soul in into this brand and this podcast. Yes. I think that that's in the next 12 months, kind of what's out there for us. I mean, like, I, I just, I love what we have going. I, I, I texted Sarah yesterday or two days ago. I was like, you know what? Like you are friends to me first <laughs> and a business partner second, but I would just love to see, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of women hosting a sports podcast right now. So I would love for us. I mean, I feel like we have just, I, I we, we have something special going and I would love to see that take off. I a thousand percent agree with all of that. I feel like, again, like Kendra was saying in the beginning, we both wanted to do a podcast and we just could not find anyone who was serious about it. And then luckily we stumbled into each other. And Over since then- fuck you tweet. <laughs> <laughs> because Modern Sarah woke up and chose violence. That's why. <laughs> oh, it's worked out so well for us I'm like everything's still so early and I don't know I'm excited to see like where we are a year from now because I know we're both very serious about it so I don't know where like what it will be like a year from now but I'm excited just because I know we both do pour our heart and soul into it so we'll see <laughs> yeah we're excited to follow along with your journey um guys this has been great thank you so much for taking the time with us to close out where can our listeners find you guys and engage with all of the content that you guys are putting out? Um, so you can follow us on Twitter at Saturdays and Seltzers pod on Instagram at Saturdays and Seltzers podcast, TikTok Saturdays and Seltzers. Um, my personal on Instagram is at Kendra Middleton um, on Twitter, Kenny with an I Middleton at Sarah personals. Uh, my Twitter and Instagram both are at SKG underscore 18. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Good luck. We are rooting for the whip snakes as always this weekend. And uh, rooting for them, but we'll, <laughs> well, let's just hope. I mean, we all picked the whip snakes, so we all picked them, yes. we're going down as a ship if the uh, chaos win. Yes, <laughs>
bye too. And Jackson Jackson. says bye. Hey, buddy. Bye, guys. Awesome. All right. And that was just Kendra and Sarah, uh, Saturdays and Seltzer podcast. We did PLL talk. We did, you know, the talk of their careers. Great interview overall. They're doing some exciting stuff. Uh, They did really great in the coverage on the PLL this weekend as well. And I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back. I correct. I nailed the score. 14-9. You did. Wrong way. It was. 14-9. I wish. I mean, they're going to have to. Like, we just obviously, you know, we talked about. What's up? You go first. You go, 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 go. I was going to say, it's like, you know, we were just talking about sports gambling and stuff. It's like, they're going to need to figure out how to get the PLL on. If I can bet cricket. And Korean baseball, I should be able to bet the PLL right now. That's the thing. And, like, I, I would imagine hopefully we get to that point. It's their deal with DraftKings that, per, uh, like, prohibits them from doing anything, I think, like that. But, like, we were talking about this beforehand. They had a prop of the game, and it was who's going to score more goals, Canadians with chaos or Maryland alum on whip snakes. I mean, that's a sick bet. You know, for people that don't even like the PLL, you'd be like, all right, am I going to bet on the Canadians or the Maryland guys? And – I'm pretty sure the Canadians crushed that bet. But again, if you had bet that 14-9 score and you had bet accordingly, you also would have hit the under too. So mm-hmm. interesting. We had yeah, we were close. We were close. We were, yeah, we I the game did not go anywhere how I'd imagine, honestly. But they uh credit I was talking to Paul Rabel before the game, and he goes, dude, I think the chaos are gonna win, like no doubt in my mind. And he was right. I think everyone was shocked. Um, but yeah, shout out to Sarah and Kendra for all the work they're doing with the PLL. Um, really good stuff. We're looking forward to working with them. Let's talk some surprise football games. Um, I don't even know where to start here. For me, it was the bills are like, they're all the way back to the week after we're calling them, uh, maybe fraud watch fraud alert. They're back. They won 35, nothing against the dolphins. That was like, that was a ridiculous game. Yeah, no. I mean, Josh Allen, he's going to be that sleeper for the MVP. If you got him in at plus 700, good for you because, you know, he is uh, definitely turning some heads. And, you know, we mentioned last week, they're like, oh, you know, this, you know, the Steelers, I guess the Steelers defense, TJ Watt, that's going to be a good team. You know, they slowed down the bills. They lost to the Raiders. So maybe the Raiders are the ones that were like, oh, you know, we can't sleep on them. We can't sleep on John Gruden. We can't sleep on Derek Carr um Darren Waller that whole team but yeah yeah I mean we alluded it we alluded in the beginning of the show it's like it was uh an off week for some the Saints were a surprise for me um the Panthers you know 26 to 7 Sam Darnold you know have yourself a game kid Sam Darnold was let's see 26 for 38 305 yards and two touchdowns Mm. not bad not bad so is Darnold back is the question. I mean, like that change of scenery. It seems to be good. I the think change so. of scenery. And he stuck it to the jets and everyone's like, all right, it was his old team, like whatever. And then he just like carved apart the saints, which I get it. The saints defense has never been locked down, but man, did he expose them? That was crazy. Yeah, no, without a doubt. So those were big ones. Um, how about those Raiders too? Statement win over the Steelers. Everyone's like, all right, you know, is that a fluke? But keep pot keeps getting sweeter for the Raiders. They won uh, and 
against the Steelers, obviously, and then the Ravens uh, beat the Chiefs as well. And that means the Raiders are 2-0 and against some pretty quality teams here. No, no, the Raiders, uh, that was a little bit of a surprise, um, especially in, you know, the division they're in. It's what, the Chargers, the Broncos are obviously, you know, they're 2-0 and as well. Um, Seahawks, right? No, they're NFC West. Oh, shit. AFC West is... Oh, wait. The, the Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, and... I don't even know because they haven't been, like, in the playoffs. Uh, it's the Chiefs, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Mm-hmm. But uh? <laughs> I'm going to swing my attention over to the Seahawks-Titans game. Yeah. I did have the Titans to cover. I was like, no way they're going to fall on their face flat. But I did not expect to win. And the Seahawks, I mean, they haven't been... They they've been they've covered the spread at home, you know, for like almost two straight years. Mm-hmm. Um, but going into overtime, they just needed that field goal. Um, Titans come out 33 to 30. Good for them. And honestly, the Titans really they just, you have Derrick Henry going for 35 attempts, 182 yards, and three touchdowns. Right. And that was the missing. You don't need Tannehill to be Tannehill. Yeah, Tannehill threw 347 yards, but no touchdowns. Right. And you have to think he was the missing piece in that first game. It's like when you eliminate Derrick Henry, that team is essentially useless, right? Mm -hmm. So once he finally got going, it was all right. Maybe the Titans aren't as legit or aren't as, you know, bad as we thought. Um, And that maybe that first week was a fluke. So I think the story is yet to be told in the Titans. I can't decide if they're good or not. There's like a few teams that I can't decide if they're good. Titans are certainly one of them. Um, I don't know if the Colts are good. That's a big one for me. Um, I'm I read somewhere that um, Carson Wentz broke or sprained both of his ankles. Yeah, I, I guess so. He yeah, made a freaking glass. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. How do you sprain both your ankles? But he again, you know, need of glass. So the Colts were like one of those teams that were like, oh, don't sleep on the Colts this year. And they, their own two. I get it. Um, they played some tough teams, though. They played the Seahawks and they lost by 12. I get it. Better team won there. Still think the better team won in the Rams, beating the Colts 27-24. But again, it's not like they were blown out of the water. I feel like they have a good enough run game to really hang with them. And that's why I'm not entirely out. They just needed a new quarterback, honestly. Yeah, no. I mean, their defense is obviously when you have guys like DeForest Buckner, and Darius Leonard, it's like, you know, your defense is going to hold down the fort. They have like an interesting array of running backs, um, Hines and the kid from Wisconsin too. Yeah, Taylor and Hines are the two big dudes. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, T.Y. Hilton's, eh. Well, he's um, been hurt. You know, their offense has always been, but I mean, like, they can generate a run game behind Quinn and Nelson at that left guard position. It's like they can hold their own um, – in their own division and possibly sneak into the playoffs. But and they have good wide receivers too. Like Zach Pascal came out of nowhere. He was always mm-hmm. like kind of like not good, but he was like decent. And then this Michael Pittman dude's gonna be pretty good, apparently. So um that, that's one that like I, I still can't decide if they're bad or good yet. Like that's they're yeah, I think it's too early to tell. I mean, it'll probably be up to Carson Wentz to see if they can, you know, get back to that once almost MVP season, but he's been uh Haltering just a, a little bit. We will talk about our teams at some other point. Uh, I don't want to make you relive the Giants' loss. Um, 
I don't want to really bask in the glory of the Pats win because it's the fucking Jets. They suck. Um, but overall, decent performances from our teams this week. I, I, you know, I'm satisfied. I think you kind of have to be too Tondo, but you know, it, obviously not with a, the loss, but hung with a good team in WFT. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's uh, that's pretty much all we've got for balls. I don't want to talk about the Yankees because they fucking suck. Um, Luis Severino back though. I know. True. It's very true. I. I want to like, I want to believe that's going to help the way this year has gone. Just something's not rubbing me the right way about this Yankees team. I don't know. They just don't have it in them. And I'll go on record and say it. I just don't think they have it in them. Someone wants to expose me down the road. Fine. You know where to find me, but no, I mean, it's it. September was the month where it's like, you know, forget the rest of the season. You need, you need to do well in September and you can't split with the Orioles that have a hundred losses. I think now at this point, that was a dagger in it, especially now that the blue Jays are, I think the blue Jays might win the world series, to be honest. Oh Jesus. To be completely honest. It's like, if the blue Jays make the playoffs, I'll bet on them because their bats are unstoppable. Robbie Ray is probably going to take after Garrett Cole's performance this weekend probably now has the AL Cy Young. It's like this team is flat out embarrassing. It's like you can't go from one day winning, what, 10, 11, nothing, and then the next two days being outscored 22 to four to the Cleveland Indians. Are you kidding me? That's bad. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it was, 20, it was 11 to three and 11 to one. That's awful. So, I mean, I don't know. I think the Yankees could probably sneak into the playoffs. But that means the Red Sox do not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still one of those that's not out, but you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest one game wild card with the blue Jays. I'm worried. Oh, I'm, I'm even, I'm even worried with one game against the Red Sox. Yeah. I'm too. I'm terrified of both of those because odds are like, be, I bet you'll be, we'll be on the road for both of those. Someone know? is the odd man out in that three. And I'm just being, you know, bashful right now and saying that the Yankees are going to make it. And, you know, I just put down the hammer that the fucking blue Jays are, you know, the the wagon right now and it's like that means the red Sox are gonna miss i don't know i don't know who it is but the blue jays look sick and it was about time like everyone's like oh the blue jays are gonna be real good and finally you know they just they started being good uh they just decided to be good i guess so um yeah it's it's crazy it's crazy but um a couple more weeks of baseball and that's it um we'll know First week of October, we'll know if this Yankees team doesn't have the, the gusto in them to get there, but I'm not optimistic. Um, that's pretty much our show. Positivity Corner? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, Romanian soccer players hold up stray dogs ahead of a game to help with pet adoption. Um, the Professional Football League in Romania has teamed up with their local soccer, their local shelters for the entire soccer season. Um, so, essentially, they go out. Um, in an effort to encourage people to adopt abandoned dogs, especially with the pandemic of a lot of people getting the dogs when they were home and then deciding that the dogs weren't for them, they put them up for adoption. Uh, the Romanian Football Federation is partnering up with these shelters in every match. Um, the players were entered the field with the dogs in their arms. They all have tags. Um, they're all ready to be adopted and they'll show them on the screen to help identify them to help them 
get adopted. I think that's great. I think we've talked about something with adoptions and dogs, you know, quite a couple of times on the show, but, you know, for this last one, I believe it was football club FC SB and Dynamo Bucharest. Um, you know, they both had these adorable puppies and dogs in their arms. And I think almost all of them were adopted immediately. Um, so that's a really cool effort, something small, but it can go a long way. And, uh, I think that's a great partnership that maybe uh, United States sports teams can uh, dabble in. I agree. And let it be known, we are a dog's podcast. 100%. A known dog's podcast. You look at our track record of positivity corners, 62 episodes, we've probably done like 45 or 50 positivity corners. And I venture to say probably 10 of them are about dogs. Fair. I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. And I would have it no other way because dogs are just very positive things so i'm in they're bringing a lot of joy to a lot of people so let's all, all the dogs 20 percent of our positivity corners you heard it here first uh, about dogs uh that's our show that's episode 62 thank you so much for listening hit that follow button on spotify make sure you drop us a review wherever you are listening from and hit us up on social media thanks again that's will and i'm jake so long, folks. Take it easy.